evening. The 21st regular meeting of the Memphis City Council, May 25th, 2021. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Present. 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 Yes, presence. Please rise and salute the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order, suspending certain provisions of the Open Meeting Law, Chapter 30A, Section 18, and the Governor's March 15, 2020 order, imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Memphis City Council will be conducted by a remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information in the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and private parties with a right of requirement to attend this meeting can be found at the City of Medford website at www.medford.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen, watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained here. No in-person attendance of members will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we're able to do so, despite our best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or the Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording transcript or the comprehensive record of the proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. Okay. 21344, City of Medford, a public hearing. A public hearing via, via Zoom remote video conference on a Tuesday evening, March, May 25th, 2007, on a petition from Eric Shakes of Chicken and Shakes Automotive, 78 Swan Street, Medford, for a class two used used auto sales special permit in accordance with chapter 94 zoning ordinance of the Method city city of method section 94-148 uh table of illicit regulation automobile uses 27a for permission to operate its class 2 secondhand motor vehicle sales at 78 swan street medford an industrial zoning different uh, district a zoom link for this meeting will be posted on no later than may 21st 2021 Petition and plans may be seen in the Office of City Clerk, reference to the Office of Mass, call 781-393-2425 for any uh, accommodations or rates. Okay, is uh, the public hearing. Uh, Mr. Shakes, are you on the call? Yes, sir. Okay, where well, this is a public meeting, a hearing, um, is there anyone in favor of this petition? Mr. Shakes, I, are you in favor of this? Yes, yes, I am in favor. Thank you, sir. Uh, is anyone else in favor? Hearing and seeing now, we close that part of the meeting. Is there anyone in opposition to this uh, public hearing? Hearing and seeing none, we close that part of the meeting. Mr. Shakes, name and address for the record, if you can give us a little brief uh, explanation on what uh, you're doing with this uh, license. Yeah, we plan to um, buy and sell used cars and Pretty much anything that's involved with that. Uh, licensing is Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Scarpelli. Yeah. Mr. Shakes, could you explain yeah. how many cars are, will be on the lot? How many cars will be on the lot? Yeah. Uh, eight. 
Okay. Yeah. Eight. So is this also, sorry, is this also a, uh, a service station? No, we're not a service station. We have an automotive body shop. Okay, autom okay right. Yes, sir. And I, I do see every, uh, all the paperwork's in order, Mr. President. Um, wait for any questions for my fellow counselors. Do any, uh, any counselors have any questions for Mr. Shakes? Okay, uh, Councilor Scott Pelley, uh, okay. I don't see any hands up, I so. Move approval, Mr. President. And on the motion uh, for approval by Councilor Scott Pelley. Second. Seconded by. Second. Seconded by Councilor Bears. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Carabiello. Yes, seven affirmative. Motion passes. Good luck on your new operation, sir. Thank you. Have a, have a good evening. Yes, sir. Two. Legal notice 21370 petition for a grant of location, National Grid, North Andover, Massachusetts. Location of underground electric conduits. Method Massachusetts City Clerk's Office. You are hereby notified by order of Method City Council that the Method City Council will hold a public hearing via Zoom on Tuesday, March 20, May 25th. Uh, a link to be posted no later than Friday, May 21st on a petition of Massachusetts Electrical Company doing business as National Grid for permission to construct a lone underground electric conduit, including the necessary and sustaining and protecting fixtures, fixtures under and across the public ways here named said underground electric corner to be located substantially in accordance with the plan mark Boston Avenue Metro Mass and filed with in the city office of the city clerk where wherefore it prays that after due notice and hearing as provided law it be granted a location permission permission to excavate the public highways and run and maintain underground electric conduits together with such sustaining protecting fixtures as it may find necessary for the transmission of electricity said underground conduits to be located substantially of course with the plan files here with mark boston avenue Miffin mass and available for inspection in the office of the city clerk uh method city hall room 105 85 george, george b hester drive method mass 02155 the following are the streets and highways referred to plan number 302-78888 boston avenue national grid to install beginning at the point of approximately 200 feet northwest of the center line of the intersection of Boston Avenue and College Ave, and continuing approximately 65 feet in the northeast direction install two to three inch secondary duct from the existing pole number 3310-5 65 feet northeast towards 468 Boston Avenue and MBTI. Location approximately as shown on a plan filed in the office of the city clerk. Approved by the chief engineer with the following conditions. The engineering division uh, recommends that this grant of a location be approved with the following conditions. One, the grant of a location is limited to 65 feet of duck bank as described in the GOL document as follows. National grid to install beginning at a point approximately 200 feet northwest of the central line of the intersection of Boston Avenue and College Ave and continuing approximately 65 feet in the northeast northeast direction. <clears throat> Install two or three feet of secondary duct from existing pole 3310-5, 65 feet 
northeast toward 468 Austin Ave, MBTA Yad. <clears throat> Before starting work, the contractor shall notify DigSafe and shall obtain all applicable permits from the engineering division. The project must obtain a, a street opening permit pursuant to section 74141 of the city ordinances prior to commencing work. Three, no other utility structures, conduits, stuck banks, pipes, or any other apparatuses are adversely impacted. National Grid should ensure that all sewer, water, and drain lines are marked prior to any excavation. Number four, the plan included with the petition does not include existing utilities. The street opening permit application must include an engineered plan showing existing utilities. The street opening permit application must also include a copy of the M MWRA 8M permit. Number five, roadway service restoration must be coordinated with the Green Line Extension Project. At a minimum, final service restoration, restoration northerly offsets, offset limits should align and abut final surface restoration resulting from green line extension utility work. If possible, the final rest restoration should be coordinated to mini minimize seams. The southerly offset must be also coordinated with the green line extension project and be a minimum of 10 feet. The final restoration plan must be approved by the engineering division. Number six, sidewalk surface restoration must be coordinated with the green line extension project. At a minimum, final sidewalk restoration on the eastern side of Boston Avenue should include new cement concrete and vert vertical granite curbing. The existing concrete barrier should not be replaced. The final restoration plan must be approved by the engineering division. Number seven, pavement markings must be restored. Temporary markings must be painted during the interim period between trench patch and final restoration. Number eight, the project site must be swept daily and shall be kept free of debris for the duration of the installation. Uh, approved by the, the superintendent of wires. Okay, uh, plans can be viewed in the city clerk's office, 781-393-2425. Do we have somebody from National Grid on the call here? Yes, good evening. My name is Socrates. My address is 170 Medford Street in Molden. Okay, and uh, well, this is uh, a hearing for a grant of location. Sorry. Yes. I'm sorry, what, can we get your last name again? Sure, Socrates Perez. Okay. Okay, uh, so Socrates, are you, uh, with this uh, public hearing, uh, are you in favor of this project? Yes, I am. Is there anyone else in favor of that pro this project? Hearing is seen, then we close this portion of, of the hearing. Is there anyone here in opposition to this project? Hearing and seeing none, we close this section of the hearing. So, Mr. Socrates, if you can give us a brief description uh, of, of what's going on on this project. Sure. Uh, this project is for the MBTA. Uh, we are petitioning to install two, three-inch conduit from an existing pole 3310-5 and running uh, to towards 468, approximately 65 feet. And then after that will be an MBTA's uh, property. Okay, do anyone have any questions for National Grid? Uh, Council Morrell. 
Thank you, Mr. President. So is there um, anticipated traffic impact or, or pedestrian impact while this project is going on? Say that again, sorry. Is there anticipated um, either traffic or pedestrian impact while this project is going on? Will people have to be diverted at all while this work is happening? Uh, that would be, yeah, the contractor will be doing all that. I'm sorry? The contractor will be handling all that. Okay. Um, uh, timing wise, since the uh, other granite location we have um, is kind of diagonally across the street, is are these being timed together, do you know, as far as the intention of when to do the work? I know there's still um, some requirements from our city engineer, but I'm curious the uh, desired timing as far as the work of the two projects. Uh, I'm not sure on that one, though. I can, I can find that out. Okay, that's all I have right now. Thank you. Uh, Vice President Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. I certainly don't have any problem with this petition that's before us this evening. Uh, if you drive through that area and that intersection in particular, I do believe there are already three projects that are underway. Uh, we have the Green Line Extension Project, we have the Cumming Center Project, and I do also believe we have issued a grant of location um, for underground utility work uh, coming from the train tracks uh, on the southern side or the western side of uh, the intersection of College Ave and Boston Ave as well. Um, so I certainly have no problem with this, Mr. President. I look forward to the day that the Green Line Station in South Medford Ball Square opens. And I think that in order for that to happen, we need to let them have electricity. So with that being said, I move approval the paper. Thank you. Uh, for the discussion on, uh, on the motion, oh, Council Bass. I just had a question for the city engineer. Is he on the call? Jim, uh, Council Bass has a question for you. Yep, I'm here. Tim, under condition uh, four, the plan uh, included with the particular not included existing utility. That's something that's been addressed. Uh, so, in a simple, it's, this is a very simple crossing. I don't know if you recall with the one that Tufts wanted, which was more complicated. Um, I requested the, that plan ahead of time. Ahead of time. This is um, a shallow conduit routing. So, um, I was okay with moving this forward without that detailed plan, but I am requiring a detailed plan for the street opening, uh, just so we have something a little bit more detailed for uh, the utility crossings in the area, including one of MWRA's um, lines there. So, Got it. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. No, any further discussion? So on the motion by Vice President Knight, seconded by Council Scarpelli for approval. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears, yes. Council Falco, yes. Vice President Knight, yes. Council Marks, yes. Council Morell, yes. Council Scarpelli, yes. President Carvio, yes. I mean, the affirmative. Motion passes. Legal notice 21371, petition for grant of location, National Grid, North Andover, Massachusetts, location of underground conduits, Mifflin, Massachusetts, State Clerk's Office. You are hereby notified that by order of the Method City Council, the Method City Council will hold a public hearing via Zoom on Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. The link to be posted no later than Friday, May 21st, 2021, on a petition of Massachusetts Electric Company doing business as National Grid for permission to construct a loan of underground electric conduits, including the necessary sustaining and protecting fixtures under, under and across the public way of ways here after name. Said underground electric conduits to be located substantially in accordance with the plan mark, Boston Avenue, Mifflin, Mass, filed with the Office of City Clerk. Wherefore, it prays that after due notice and hearing as provided by law, it will be, grant, it'll be granted a location for permission to excavate the public highways and run and maintain underground electric conduits together with such sustaining and protecting fixtures as it may find necessary for the transmission of electricity 
said underground condos to be located substantially in accordance with the plan filed here in Mark. Boston Avenue, Mifflin, Massachusetts has been available for inspection in the office of the city clerk, Mifflin City Hall, room 103, 85 George P. Hassett Drive, Mifflin, Massachusetts, or 25 Avenue. Uh, on the motion by Second. Vice President Knight to uh, uh, have a brief synopsis by the city uh, engineer, Mr. Tim McGiven. Tim, if you can give a brief synopsis of this. Uh, sorry. Sure. Uh, second. Second. Second by Council Scott Pelley. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. 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 Uh, Tim McGiven, uh, City Engineer, if you can give a brief uh, synopsis of this project. Uh, yes, I can. Um, I believe this is also a national grid project similar to the last one. Um, and this is also for one of the Green Line stations. And this is a much shorter run. This is just under a sidewalk from a pole uh, near the site, under the sidewalk to the site. So it's a short run, just of uh, secondary service. So uh, that's about it. So a couple of concrete panels in coordination with the Green Line project. Uh, I don't even believe they need to go on the roadway. Thank you. Uh, okay, so where this is a public hearing, um, uh, Mr. Socrates, uh, uh, this is a public hearing and uh, those who wish to speak in favor of this uh, may do so. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm in favor, Socrates, Perez. I'm in Thank favor. Thank you. Uh, anyone else in favor of this? Hearing and seeing that we close this part, part of the, the hearing. Uh, is there anyone in opposition to this uh, project? Hearing and seeing none, we close this part of hearing. Okay. Now, do we have any discussion from the council on this? For the reasons stated previously, Mr. President, move approval. On uh, the motion by Vice President for approval. One question. Uh, Councilor Scott Pelley. Um, uh, Socrates, I thank you for being here tonight. The question, it, you said it's going underneath. So this project is going underneath the sidewalk? Yes. It will All be, right. yes. Is, is it existing sidewalk? Is, is, are we, is it, uh, it will be replaced with the proper um, cement, um, Forms as it uh, is it hot top there now? Yes, it will. So okay, so it, do we know if it's cement right now? Is it hot top? Just I just want to make sure that it's uniformed and that it's uh, it's it's left better than what we what we uh, when we gave it to you. So I want to make sure of that. You can you can say yes. No, is it? Yes, whatever the material is, cement or, or uh, concrete or asphalt, we, we replace it uh, in better condition of what it was, to the condition that it was. Thank you. Thank you. So on the motion by Vice President Knight, second by Council Scott Kelly. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Carabiello. Yes. Motion passes.
Motions, orders, and resolutions. Council paper 21382, offered by President Caraviello. Be it so resolved that the city completely paved the area of new construction from Wuben Street to Auburn Street, rather than just the new intersection. And be it further resolved, the new island on High Street be discussed in the interest of public safety. Councilor Caraviello. Uh, the Brook School, I think we started this last, from last year, and uh, it's nearing completion. And I don't know if anyone's driven up that way, but uh, they're pretty much done with all the sidewalks, bump outs, and, and the concrete sidewalks have been fixed. But um, they're planning on just repaving those intersections, which to me is foolish. Uh, you've got those four blocks, the trucks are there. Um, I don't see why the city just doesn't pay the contractor to pave those probably uh, maybe a, maybe a hundred yards of paving to at least make uh, the that section look uniform. I mean, I, I think it's harder for them to cut out sections of concrete and put in little patches and be more uniform if, it, if it's just paved with those four blocks. And um, further, I don't know if anyone is also driven by there. They put an island there uh, on the on the top of Wuben, uh, right under the intersection of Wuben Street and High. And I, I don't know if if the if if our traffic engineer signed off on that. It's in a very dangerous location. Uh, there's no light on it, and anybody coming up during the night is not going to see it. I'm telling you now, that's going to be hit multiple times going uh, forward. It's the same with, and uh, we've had the same issue with the one. Uh, that's in front of the Brook School. The, the signs keep coming down. And, and and the other thing that bothers me, you know, we now have another concrete block there. Why couldn't that have been left open with some irrigation so we could have put some plantings in the middle of it? So at least it would have made it look uh, somewhat better looking than just a hunk of concrete with, 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 with four poles on it and, and no white or anything. So uh, I would hope that the administration would uh, look forward in, in, into having uh, McKay Company uh, at least uh, give them a, a quota on paving, on, on paving that from for the whole four block section, uh, and 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 having that our uh, traffic engineer review that island in the interest of public safety, Mr. President. I certainly agree with you, Mr. President. On a motion by Councilor Caviello, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Mr. President, Councilor Max, you have the floor. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank uh, President Caviello for putting this on the agenda tonight. Uh, when this issue was presented to the City Council, that was one of the recommendations President Council, uh, President Caviello just mentioned, was to have the area be paved in totality. So uh, rather than space it from one uh, intersection to another, which didn't make sense, was to have that stretch, which is only maybe a couple hundred yards, four or five hundred yards, um, to have it paved curb to curb the entire length. Um, and that would uh, increase the longevity of the construction, uh, the road work itself. Um, and it only made sense, Mr. President. Secondly, this council voted unanimously uh, to continue the, uh, the bike lane, which starts in front of Brook School and goes all the way up uh, to the top of High Street. Um, and then where it bends down, it actually stops. And we ask that they continue the bike lane to Winter Circle, Mr. President, because there'd be nothing worse than riding your bike there 
and all of a sudden come up to uh, a decline where you're going to pick up speed and there's no more bike lane. It makes absolutely no sense. So I know we have the city engineer on the, the line. Uh, I'm hoping maybe he can uh, let us know if that is still under consideration because I believe that was something the city was going to look into. So I would ask maybe if uh, Tim McGiven could give us a response. Chair recognizes uh, city engineer Timothy McGiven. Hi, thank you very much, uh, councilors. So the uh, issue of paving, we are coordinating with MassDOT to pave the whole stretch. So that, <clears throat> that was a swap out to get more uh, pedestrian uh, friendly lights. So the, the lights that are going in for the crossings. So we did a trade off on the budget of the project uh, with the full intention from the beginning of completing the paving. You may have noticed that National Grid has been out there too. So um, the idea and the water division as well, replacing um, uh, lead services. So we're, we're doing our typical prep work for, um, you know, fully paving the road from approximately, um, uh, uh, let's see, Auburn, the school, all the way to past Woburn to the next street down, <clears throat> excuse me, the next street down. So that is the plan. And then in regards to the bike lane, yep, that's also something that we are uh, looking into doing, extending the bike lane striping as discussed previously uh, by this council. Uh, and then the safety issue with the island, this is the second time that I've heard about this. Um, we do, you know, we do review plans in my office and, and Todd Blake, the traffic engineer, has reviewed these plans. We've been involved uh, you know, through the design of the project. But if there is something that was unanticipated, a safety concern that has arisen, that's, you know, a legit concern, then we'll definitely check it out and um, make sure that uh, any issues are, are resolved and, and there's no safety um, issues out there. So we'll definitely take it seriously for sure. So I can't remember if there was anything else. I think I touched upon everything. Mr. President, uh, Council Max, just to follow up on that, is there anything like that? I'm good, thank you, Chair. Mr. President, if, if we can get a report back uh, from uh, Todd Blake on the, the on that island, uh, it, 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 it's in a it's in a very dangerous spot. It's on it's on the it's on the it's on the crest of the hill. I'm telling you, people, someone it's in the nighttime. Someone's going to be coming up that hill, and they're going to hit that they're going to hit that because there's no blinking light on it, and they're not going to see it. We'll take so a look. If, so I can say if if, the, if he can give us a report on on that and I, I feel bad for the guy who just put in the new driveway there uh, on the corner of Hastings Lane and uh, and High Street and I don't know how this guy's going to get in and out of his driveway now. Mr. President, uh, on the motion of Councilor Caviello, uh, requesting a report back from the traffic engineer on the uh, island at Woburn Street, Hastings Lane, along High Street. Uh, does the chair have a second? Seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. On the motion, Mr. Clerk. Um, no, actually, uh, Councilor Falco, I apologize. No, no worries. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, <coughs> and I want to thank uh, Councilor Caviello for bringing this forward. And uh, Councilor Marks uh, had a, some great questions regarding the bike lane. Uh, I remember when this uh, issue came up previously, we were discussing the bike lane. And at that point in time, it was kind of like a bike lane to nowhere. It just kind of just stopped. And... Uh, uh, Mr. McGivern, thank you for your response regarding the bike lane. I was just wondering, you said that you're looking into it or the department's looking into it. If you could just talk about the process a little bit. Um, is there going, going to be a meeting with the traffic engineer? Is there any type of timing on that? Could you elaborate a little bit more? Sure, I'd be happy to. So, yep. Oh, sorry. Yes, thank you very much, uh, Mr. President. Uh, so, we're, um, the, the process begins because we know that, uh, you know, obviously, 
we need to pave the whole street. So when you do that, then you talk about striping. So we know that MassDOT has striping scope in the project. So, so we take a look at where that scope ends. <clears throat> Excuse me, feeding peanuts and throat's a little dry. Um, then, so the resolution was to extend the bike lane down. So when we are preparing for that paving and, and preparing the striping plan for that, um, we'll, we'll, we're gonna try to extend it down as far as we can. Um, I think you may recall when this was discussed last time that um, it's okay if bike lanes, um, you know, end nowhere, but you know, the point is taken that it's, it, it's in a place that maybe if we can extend this all the way to the circle or something further down, we might be able to kind of bring cyclists to a, a safer, calm, more calmer spot on the road. Uh, so factors go into it. So, you know, we're gonna measure widths and we're gonna make sure that uh, sight lines are there and we're gonna make sure that um, we're not creating any problems by putting in new infrastructure, which is the similar design process that, um, you know, any engineer would go through when, when you're thinking about these things and, and laying it out prior to installing it. So we just, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I may not sound committing and that's just because we got to go through, you know, the rigmarole of the engineering judgments and standards to make sure that it's all going to work. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's what I mean when I say we're considering it and we, we know that it's a desire, but we also don't want to do anything that uh, <clears throat> creates a problem. You know, for example, if this island issue is really a problem, you know, it's, we try to foresee as many problems as we possibly can before we install things. Thank you, Mr. McGivern. And last but not least, what is the estimated uh, completion date of this project? Uh, so the original completion date um, was August and then they actually pushed things forward. So they should be done actually within a few weeks here. Um, and then um, there may be some lag time between completion of uh, the work that's happening now. So the sidewalk works and the patching work um, and, and pulling the forms and all that and final paving. So that may happen in you know July or August. Thank you. You're welcome. Chair recognizes Councilor Beers. Thank you, Mr. President. Through you to Engineer McGivern, uh, just two quick questions. On the review of the extension of the bike lane, do you have a timeline on, on how long that will take? Uh, yes, but before um, before we issue the scope for the striping, so um, it, we need to know the answer to that question and where it's gonna land before we hire a contractor to do to do the paving and the striping. So we're working on that piece now with MassDOT. So doing the calculations for the area, how much is left, what's you know, uh, and who does what and who pays for what, and kind of splitting that all up. So that's kind of happening right now. So I don't have an exact date for you, but before before we tell a contractor to go out and work, we'll have it all worked out. Great. And then my second question is actually about striping and painting. Is there something included in the plan around striping and painting that may make the island more visible to drivers? Uh, potentially, I, I need, this is a new issue for me, so I need to look into it. I'm not sure if there's a retrofit that needs to happen, if a curb needs to move or um, if it's something more drastic or severe. Uh, so we're gonna have to wait and see, um, give us a chance to look at it and, and understand what the issue is. So because it's a safety issue, we're gonna look at it you know, first thing tomorrow to try to understand what's going on. Great, thank you. I think we're spread the thumb. As did painting the stripes, I know uh, we always, uh, we've asked for the thermoplastic striping uh, multiple occasions. We've always been told because the roads are so bad, we can't have, well, we're gonna have a new road there uh, it would be my uh, suggestion to the DOT um, to scrape those lines and the crosswalks, the thermoplastic uh, paints, so we won't be doing it every two years. And again, uh, like I said, the, we, the, the road's new. 
Uh, everything's new there. There's no reason why they, they can't do that, and the, and the longevity will be much longer. Chair Harris, second on the amendment? Second. Thank you. Make that a formal motion. Chair recognizes Councilor Marks. I know some, there was some guy in the council that kept on talking about it for many years. <laughs> you like a report back from the city clerk on that, Councilor Marks? <laughs> I, I, I stole your thunder. <laughs> Chair recognizes the gentleman from Zero Summit Road, Mr. Penta. Uh, Robert Penta, Zero Summit Road, former member of the Saugus Party. Um, during this past week, I've had two conversations with two separate bus drivers from the MBTA. And their question is, because I can't answer it, so since you do have the city engineer online, they think this is a complete hasty, hasty, um, safety hazard, as Council Caviel and a few of you alluded to, to having this island that sticks out on the corner of um, High Street and Woburn. So since we have the city engineer, could you please answer the question, whose idea was to put that island there? And did that island come in as an afterthought to this construction project? Because if that's the case, then I would strongly suggest that you folks recommend that that be removed before someone gets killed here. Can we ask the question please to the uh, city engineer? City engineer, uh, Mr. McGibbon, the chair recognizes city engineer, Timothy McGibbon, uh, the question is gentlemen. Thank you very much. That island has been in the design. The purpose of the island is to uh, allow a place for a pedestrian to have refuge during the crossing um, and to shorten the lengths of the crossing through traffic. So it is a, a pedestrian improvement. Um, so like I said, I was unaware of, of, of this potential, potential issue. So we will look into it. Um, sorry, just some of the things going on. Uh, it, it, the, the decision to have that there was um, a design decision by the designers and, and one of the uh, interests of the project was to improve pedestrian safety. So it was um, considered a, uh, a positive element in that regard. So, uh, and then it went through full design through MassDOT. Well, with that being said, Mr. President, going back to what Council Marks and others have alluded to, uh, the bike lane and the taking of property coming up High Street and then get, getting to that intersection going down the hill, that seems to be have bypassed whatever was supposed to be done. And you're asking for something now that this council has already voted on and there's been a change, I get the impression that this council has not been advised of these changes and the bike route and the island that went there because it appears that that island, I mean, you're talking about safety. Let's talk about the traffic safety before the, you, you already have a crosswalk right there at the corner of Hastings Lane going across and the island comes out a little bit more, it comes over in the area that's pushed out where in front of the other island that's already there that's gonna be gone. But you have to take into consideration in the wintertime, buses coming down the street, heavy-duty trucks, ambulances that have to get there. You're looking at a serious vehicular emergency uh, situation that's going to happen there. So I would strongly suggest that that island can be removed. It should be removed. What does the city engineer say Mr. about Mr. President, Mr. President? The chair recognizes Councilor Max. I think what we're hearing, and I, I hear what Councilor Penta is stating, I think what we're hearing is a commitment from the city engineer and a commitment from the traffic engineer to take a look at this first thing tomorrow. And if they deem it to be a safety concern, then naturally they'll, they'll address the safety concern. So I, I don't want to put anything out there that we have to remove something or let's leave it to the experts and let's see what they say when they go out and take a look at it. 
and I do believe that that was the uh, initial motion that was made by Councilor Caviello and seconded by Councilor Scott Pelly uh, for the city and, and take those steps before we'll back to the council. <coughs> Is there anybody else that has any questions relative to the issue at hand? Hearing and seeing none. On the main, on the, let me see here, what do we have? Uh, on the motion by, okay, on the First Amendment, made by Councillor Caraviello, seconded by Councillor Scarpelli, that striping be considered, uh, in the form of thermoplastic materials. Um, so on the motion, on the paper, um, on, the, on the amendment. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. John, we'll do the amendments first on the main paper. Yes. 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 On the amendment for a report back from the city engineer and the traffic engineer relative to safety questions concerning the traffic island at the corner of Winthrop Hastings on High. The main motion made by Councilor Caviello, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Will the clerk please call the roll? Yes. 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 On the main motion. Is offered by Councilor Caraviello, seconded by Councilor Scott Pelliel. The clerk, please call the roll. Yes. 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 Paper 21383 offered by Councillor Marks. Be it resolved, the city administration requests Eversource as part of their underground utility project, install new sidewalk and curbing on the even side of Winthrop Street from Wildwood Road to Playstead Road in the interest of public safety. The chair recognizes Councillor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. And I want to thank all my colleagues uh, for their work uh, on behalf of uh, the residents uh, that are impacted by this Eversource project. Uh, this project, Mr. President, started in November 2014. That's when initially Eversource presented to the mayor at the time their uh, wishes to install an underground transmission line, roughly 3.2 miles through the heart of the city of Medford which involved saw cuts, excavation, installation of pipe, backfill, temporary restoration, cable pulling, cable splicing, permanent restoration. And that's not it, Mr. President. Residents in the area for the past two, little over two years have to deal directly with vibration from the construction, with trenching that's being dug, excavating, Mr. President, 
heavy equipment noise, road plates that cling when you drive over them constantly, dirt and debris in the air from the excavation, additional traffic, fumes, construction noise, and to top it off, as we all heard from residents, countless sleepless nights, Mr. President. We actually had residents that had to go to a hotel because they couldn't sleep, Mr. President. That's how bad this construction got for residents in the area. Now, one would say, well, look, we're getting underground transmission line that's gonna benefit the city. There's zero truth to that, zero. There is zero benefit from this project to the city of Method. This has zero benefit. It has all the inconvenience and problems, Mr. President. Putting that all aside, over the last two years during this construction, like I said, this process started in 2014 when we started to notify residents of potential hearings and what's gonna happen. And they may not be able to get out of their driveway at certain times and all the other stuff associated with uh, construction that lasts for years, Mr. President. The city during this process signed a memorandum of understanding. And I assume it was the mayor at the time. I don't know who else was in the room on behalf of the city. So it was between the city and Eversource. And the Memorandum of Understanding states that the city of Method will receive a city field engineer to monitor work activities. So during this process, they were gonna pay for someone to monitor the activities. Sounds like a regular construction site to me, Mr. President. So I'm not sure if that was a win for the city, but it was part of the memorandum of understanding. Curb to curb street restoration. So imagine they came in and dug a three mile trench and then also put nine 12 by 12 cement vaults along the way. So you can imagine the disruption and the, the digging and so forth. And they decided that they are going to pave curb to curb when they're done. Isn't that tremendous? They dig up all the street, no benefit to the city, and guess what? We're gonna get curb to curb restoration. Yippee, Mr. President, yippee. You can tell the residents after two years of construction in front of their home, they're getting a new street in front. Yippee. Part of the memorandum of understanding. Three raised crosswalks along the project route and a speed radar trailer for use during construction near Method High School, for use. They didn't buy it for the city, although we could use one. This is for use during the construction time. How magnanimous of Eversource to provide a temporary speed radar trailer. I don't know why you need it in the area because they're in such bad condition, the roads, you can't speed anyways. With the metal plates, the dirt, the debris, the tar, anyone that going up and down Winter Street uh, can speak for that firsthand, Mr. President. So in addition, the city also signed the following projects. 
Let me just add, Mr. President, out of the 3.2 miles, Winthrop Street had 6,400 feet, 1.2 miles of road, by far the largest residential construction site for this Eversource project, by far. They were the ones, Mr. President, a lot of people were impacted from traffic, surrounding areas. I understand that surrounding roads, but they were the ones, Mr. President, that felt the digging, that had the fumes, that had the construction in front of their homes. And what else did they get, Mr. President? The restoration of Winthrop Circle Rotary and high street sidewalks. Doesn't say how many high street sidewalks. Then, Mr. President, 50,000 for the installation of 220 linear feet of sidewalk curbs, curb ramps from Lorraine Road to Smith Lane. We all know where that little stretch of road is near the high school across the street. 220 linear feet. And then rather than continue that, Mr. President, which makes sense, like we were just talking about paving the whole length of High Street during the construction, right after that area, there are areas with no curb and no sidewalk. So like putting a bike lane to nowhere, let's put a sidewalk that doesn't lead to another sidewalk. So all the residents are asking, Mr. President, for all this disruption, all this noise, all this inconvenience for the past two years is to extend the sidewalk that they're doing from Lorraine Road to Smith Lane to include Wildwood Road to Placeton Road. Finish it off. Make it a complete sidewalk, complete curbing. Make it so pedestrian safety comes first. It's a small price to pay. They're saying the cost for 220 linear feet uh, is 50,000 from Lorraine Road to Smith. That's double it to 100,000 to go to Placeton. Even if you have to triple it, Mr. President, to 150,000. That's a small price to pay. And we paid a large price as residents, as inconvenience, as traffic, as debris, as equipment left on the roads. Vibration. We all got the calls when homes started to shake. What do I do? So I respectfully ask, Mr. President, this contract is still ongoing. And the other part that I just read was an addition to the original MOU that provided for the sidewalk in the rotary. And I would ask, Mr. President, respectfully, and I'm going to offer a motion tonight on behalf of the residents of Winthrop Street, that we continue the sidewalk and install new sidewalk, curbing, curb ramps along the even side of Winthrop Street from Wildwood Road to Placeted Road, which continues from Lorraine Road to Smith Lane, Mr. President, in the interest of public safety. We may have some residents that are on tonight and I would ask if you can indulge them, Mr. President, as well. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. And again, thank you, Council Marks. Again, another another issue that um, when we reviewed this, to be honest with you, I thought under with the discussions that this the sidewalk 
was to go all the way to Playstead. And I, I'm, 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 again, your, your due diligence and making sure that we're protecting our residents. I think that we're at a point right now, another, another concern, as you so eloquently stated, it's going nowhere. So let's give an example. You have Mr. Jones um, taking Mrs. Jones out on her, her walk and she's in a wheelchair. You traverse that area when you get to that, to that part of the street. It's a huge concern for public safety. And um, I, I think that we need to push Eversource in this project, uh, but if we're not gonna see that happen and because uh, we've seen them dig their heels in, I think we really also need to get um, for a backup plan, ask the city administration and the city engineer to maybe look into uh, continuing that and seeing if it could be done either in-house or as um, uh, uh, cost for the city, because I, I, it's that's that's it's inexcusable to keep doing to to not have that to the end of Playstead and that and leaving that that uh, that opening. It's just it's just not safe at all, and it's frightening to think of the possibilities because the way it was presented, it was really presented as new sidewalks where there were no sidewalks. So. To hear that it's stopping there is is a disgrace. So I uh, appreciate you bringing this up again, Council Marks, and I will second that resolution. Thank you. Council Biz. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks and Councilor Scarpelli. Um, I fully support the sidewalk extension and uh, always think it's important to remember that this public utility made $1.2 billion in profit last year. Uh, so I think that they can give back to this community and have more than enough funds to do so. I do have a question uh, for the city engineer if he is still on the call. Is the city, is the city engineer still on? I'm here. All right. Thank you, Mr. I haven't, I haven't asked it yet. Um, Question for you, Tim, uh, regarding the timing on this whole project. I know we discussed several weeks ago um, around trying to accelerate the project, specifically the paving on Mystic Avenue, paving on South Street, these areas that could be repaved. Has there been any progress on making sure that that's done this season? Uh, I think as everyone is well aware, Mystic Ave is a disaster uh, in terms of road condition and South Street isn't too far behind. So uh, are, we, are we moving forward with that? Uh, yes, thank you, Council Bears. We are moving forward with that. Uh, so we have uh, put the request in, as you know, to um, accelerate the resurfacing of Mystic Avenue and South Street because those two portions of the project are complete, at least the, uh, they're ready to be restored. Um, so uh, we don't have a set timing on that yet uh, in the meantime. So uh, you probably saw maybe some, some crews out there recently. We're having them repair the trench work that's out there. Um, even that's starting to get a little old now. Um, so we need to repair that as well. I think everybody understands the uh, conditions of Mystic Avenue. So while, you know, obviously while this project is delaying, Mystic Avenue continues to fall apart. So um, that is the goal right now is to have the trenches repaired and in the meantime at the end of the year um end of the construction season have them uh, repave mystic avenue the city's portion of it and south street too so um that is the plan thank you 
Mm-hmm. Councilor Mark. Thank you, Mr. President. I also want to thank Councilor Mark for bringing this forward and his due diligence. I like Councilor Scarpelli. Um, I obviously wasn't on the council at the time, but it was my understanding as a resident that uh, the sidewalk would be continued the whole way. So I, I really appreciate Councilor Mark's pointing that out. Um, I think the issue here is too that because of these promises from Eversource and also I believe there's um, the project on Winthrop Street, the giant pole has also, you know, there's been some promise that they will do the sidewalk. Um, because of this, we're, we're lacking sidewalk in perpetuity. We keep on being told we're not going to handle it as a city because X, Y, Z is going to handle it. And we're going on several years now um, of a very obvious dangerous situation that we have no date in sight when this is actually going to be done. Um, and I wish, <laughs> I wish what Council Marks was saying was true. I think it is true sometimes that people do slow down the area. A lot of times they don't. Um, they're also trying to avoid the plates. So you have areas where maybe there's sidewalk, but there's not appropriate curbing and you have cars that are kind of driving, you know, zigzagging around the plates and it's just incredibly dangerous. Um, so I, uh, I, I really thank Councilor Marks for, for bringing this up and, and really staying on this because this is a, a major issue in our community and something that, uh, you know, we've been promised a safety update that the, the finish line just keeps on moving and it's unclear when it's ever gonna be made safe for residents. Uh, so I fully support the resolution. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Council Falco. Thank you, Mr. President. I also want to thank Council Marks for bringing this forward and thank all my council colleagues for the comments that they've made. Um, I've been on the council now this is my sixth year and we have been talking about this project since day one. And uh, the residents of Winthrop Street have had to put up with far too much with regard to this project. Uh, this is a public safety issue. This is a quality of life issue. There are plates clanging all day as cars are going up and down with the street. The dirt that Councilor Marks mentioned, this is ridiculous. It's like, this is like the project that will never end. And uh, it, it needs to end soon. Uh, I know at one point in time, I think it was uh, during uh, one of our meetings, probably about a month or two months ago, we had Eversource um, on the line with us. And they had mentioned that at that time, I think there was one crew uh, working. Uh, can the um, city engineer give us an update if, as to whether or not that has been increased? Uh, sure, recognize it's not Tim McGibbon. Tim? Hold on. Okay, I'm unmuted. Thank you. Sorry, uh, uh, Council Falco, could you repeat the question one more, one more time? Last time we met with Eversource, I believe they mentioned that at the time there, were, there was one crew working uh, on the project or working on Winthrop Street. And uh, it had something to do with the uh, police detail availability. Can you just give us an update as to whether or not that has changed? Not are there more crews working on the uh, project? Sure, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it was not just details. It was um, the the opinion that of uh, the the Medford Police Department and the chief that um, having all the crews strung out on Winthrop Street and the other projects going on in this in the city, like the High Street project, uh, created a, a, a traffic safety problem, public safety problem. So that was really the the, the root of that. Uh, however, um, in, in light of that, um, we did schedule uh, meetings every three weeks on site to review the field conditions and, and what was going on. So um, as of Friday, we have given the green light to a third crew uh, that will be starting at the area of the community gardens, the DCR property, and we'll be moving north on Winthrop Street. Um, so that's a, a, a kind of a crux of the, the, the project through that intersection. So they're gonna get going on that. Um, so yes, the answer is yes, there are gonna be three crews on Winthrop Street uh, as of Monday. Um, and I, I think, you know, 
when we try to talk about the, the schedule of this project, it's been difficult without knowing how many crews are active in the city. So, um, you know, the last look ahead I received from Eversource, uh, you know, showed, showed this work starting next week with all the other crews happening. And, you know, it, it does um, kind of ha have more meat on the bone, so to speak. So, you know, ho hopefully having this amount of activity will bring the finish line closer. Um, so obviously, if, you know, if the city could let them work 24-7, that would finish, you know, as quick as possible. We can't do that either. So there's a balance, and I think we're getting, getting close to it for the rest of the construction season. So hopefully that answers your question. Thank you, Mr. Giver. And, and I definitely, uh, it's good news that we're having uh, additional uh, crews working on the project. But just going back to the original point, uh, you know, it, it is a public safety issue. It is a quality of life issue. And if we're going to do it, we should be doing it right. So if we're going to be ripping up the road, then we should be continuing the sidewalk all the way to Playstead Road. I'm definitely in support of this resolution. I thank Councilor Mox for bringing this forward. And move approval. Thank you. Uh, Vice President Knight. Um, Mr. President, thank you very much. And I thank Councilor Mox for giving us a great history on this project. But I think it's important that we also look back and think about what's been going on in this stretch for the better part of a decade now. Um, we had an underwater, an, an underground utility project going on there from the MWRA that went up Winthrop Street. That took about three years. And um, part of that project included uh, some work that went underneath the Winthrop Street rotary. And when they restored the rotary, they restored it improperly. So part of the mitigation of this project is actually Eversource fixing the project, uh, fixing the mistake that the MWR made in the restoration. So for two and a half years, that stretch was under traffic. I was under, uh, was under construction. Then once that project, that underground, um, that, that water project finished, what happened was this little project over here, the mini big dig, they call it the Craddock Bridge Project. Three years, Mr. President, where all the traffic that was supposed to go over that bridge was detoured up Winthrop Street to Winthrop Street Rotary. I swear the day the Craddock Bridge project ended, the day, that's when they started this project. This stretch of road has been under construction or under part of a traffic management plan in one way, shape or form for the better part of 10 years. 10 years, Mr. President, that's not right. That's not right. So this should be a project that should have been completed by now when they sold us the bill of goods, when we granted the locations, they said it would be completed by now. So uh, I, I share Councilor Mark's frustration with the process and with what's going on. Um, I, I also have a question for the city engineer because it's been brought up that, you know, all our roadways are gonna be restored curb to curb and that we're gonna prioritize the curb to curb resurfacing of Mystic Ave, if I understood that correctly. Am I correct with that? The Mystic Ave will be resurfaced curb to curb as well? So they say, I just drove down Mystic Ave and it looks like the paint truck exploded and we have a whole brand new lane painted red all the way down Mystic Ave going southbound into the city. So what's going to happen with that? If the roadway is going to be resurfaced curb to curb and it's going to be restored in kind, I'm, I'm confused by this. Is there any coordination going on between these projects at all? I mean, can the city engineer answer that question for me, please, or, or address that? Um, you know, we just spent an inordinate amount of money um, that I believe Rep. Bobble was able to able to secure in the state budget for this transportation initiative on Mystic Ave, and they implemented it. But they implemented it without coordinating the resurfacing of the roadway, um, which is something that I anticipate will happen towards 
the conclusion of this Eversource project if we don't get our ducks in a row. So I'm hoping the city engineer can um, speak on that a little bit, Mr. President. Chair recognizes Tim McGivin. Thank you. Thank you, Council Knight. Um, so they, they were coordinated best they, that they could be coordinated. So the um, bus lane pilot project, there was a window of opportunity um, with the grant and the coordination with Somerville. Um, and it is just paint. So when the milling and overlay of Mystic Avenue happens or rebuilds, uh, it will go back to uh, the bus lane if the state thinks that it was a successful pilot project. If they think it was not successful, then it wouldn't go back. It would go back to the way it was. Um, so that, that's my understanding of it. So it, it, they did paint a road that needs to be paved, certainly, um, but it, it's a pilot project with paint. Um, so from, from, you know, from the infrastructure world, it's seen as um, acceptable to do that, even though you know, there is an investment there uh, with the paint. Uh, but when curb to curb happens on a road like that and they put it back the way it was, they would put that bus lane back the way it was, again, if the state decided it was a, a successful pilot project at that time uh, and they wanted it back. So hopefully that answers your question. Great. Well, if the goal is to fast track that stretch, <laughs> then how are they even going to be able to gauge whether or not the pilot project works? I mean, if we get the green light to fast track that stretch for repaving because that work is done in that roadway, how long are they going to be able to examine the data from this pilot project? Yeah, I don't know exactly how long it's going to last. Um, I don't have that information in front of me, but I can certainly get it to you. But yeah, the pilot project lasts for a certain amount of time and they need enough data in order to make a decision. So if, if the timing of that doesn't work out, then it gets painted back as the pilot project, the way it is, the way you see it today, when the curb to curb done is done. So it would just continue, the pilot project would continue at that point. So uh, I was just saying that as a cap, if the state for some reason said, you know what, this is just not working. You guys, you know, Eversource is repaving that road. Don't put it back the way it was. But, uh, you know, I don't think that the timing would line up that way. Yeah, no, I just see it as extremely wasteful that they put the paint down on the road, knowing that it's gonna be milled and resurfaced. And then who's responsible for restoring it back to the in-kind situation? It will be National Grid, correct? Uh, for, for that, it would be Eversource. So when we give Eversource a striping plan, it will have the uh, bus lane on it. it you know, so it, it seems like a waste. It does, but it does happen all the time. Paint's ground off and, and put back. Um, I agree. It is, you know, it is a waste. If we could have done it a better way, we could have. But that's those are the cards that were dealt with us, dealt to us for this situation. So. Thank you, Mr. President. I just have uh, one question for the city engineer, if I could, uh, through the chair. Um, does the city, so I mean, the hope is that Eversource is going to meet the, the council's and residents' demands about the, the sidewalk extension, you know, completing it to place it. But I'm curious, does the city have a contingency plan or a plan um, for this sidewalk portion? If that, you know, isn't met, we're talking about one of the busiest thoroughfares in the city um, that a lot of people are, you know, walking down or trying to move down as well. And I'm curious if there's a city plan uh, to make up that missing sidewalk if um, these companies don't. Tim? Sure, there isn't, there isn't a plan right now, Council Morrell. It doesn't exist. Um, we do have um, the, the contractor for that 220 feet of sidewalk. We do have them lined up. Um, so if the city administration were to get uh, sort of a re renegotiation of that number and extend it to Playstead, you know, that would be the easiest way to do it. It's just unit prices and we would just extend it down. Um, however, I just I do want to clarify one thing. Um, the the new sidewalk that's going in, the 220 feet that Council Marks referred to, is uh, connecting basically uh, a, a portion of Winter Street that has no sidewalk. 
So it is connecting to a sidewalk. It's a bad sidewalk. It's not in good shape, but it is there. It's a four foot wide asphalt side, sidewalk in poor shape that runs up to, I, I believe, close to playset, if not playset. Um, but it, it, it doesn't have a curb or anything like that. So I understand that folks wanted extended. I do not know why Winthrop Street was built that way originally and why they didn't put sidewalks on both sides. I don't know why. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if for some reason that can't happen or ever sort of refuses or whatever, something doesn't happen with extending it, uh, it would be something that the city would be looking into because it is a connection. Uh, and one of the complete streets project on our priority list is the, the Playstead intersection, I believe. Uh, if not, I think it should be. I hope I didn't speak incorrectly on that. Um, which if we were to redo that whole intersection and the geometry of it, we would uh, obviously take that into consideration, but that would be multiple years off. So, um, you know, hopefully that answers your question for you. Nothing necessarily on the books today. Okay, yes, it does. Thank you. Tim, if I, Tim, if I can make an observation for you. Tim, yeah. uh, I'll challenge you to uh, go across the Mifflin line into Winchester. I want you to look at the quality of construction and repair of their roads com compared to uh, how, how our construction is done. When you go by and you see all the, yes, they have the plates down there, but all their plates are all hot down, hot down. They're nice and, soft, nice and tight, so they don't, they don't have the clanging. And when you see the repairs, they're nice and straight and, and, and nicely paved. Uh, I don't know if it's a, if it's the same construction company doing that. It's not. Uh, that's the guy worked. Is, is, you, is, you know, Tim? It is, it is not the same company. Uh, and uh, we, I have uh, looked at that. Um, the, the alignments are different. The, the unfortunate situation, the plates, I don't think they're there anymore, but at that stretch of Winthrop Street with the curve and the way the plates lined up, we did ultimately have them asphalt down the plates um, for the last couple of weeks. Um, we, we did work quite diligently with McCourt, the construction company, engineering division, DPW, even police to try to figure out ways to reduce the plate noise. Uh, the, the last option was welding them together, but when you weld them together, then you can't, you can't actually work under there. So, um, you know, I, I'm very grateful that the residents were, were patient through that, uh, that whole ordeal. It was, the geometry was part of it. As you notice, the plates didn't line up. Uh, in Winchester, they were able to line up more, um, and it was a different construction company. So that's Middlesex Construction as opposed to McCourt. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to – you can see the differences uh, in places, I believe. So, um, you know, we are – so hopefully. I mean, yeah. uh, shame, shame on whoever uh, bid this contract to let a different city get the higher quality work than, than we got in Metro. We, 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 we got the low-end contractor. Uh, this is the second one because the first one bailed out of the project, and you can you can tell by the quality work that's been done throughout the city on this entire project for the last four, five, six years. Uh, we should be ashamed of ourselves for letting this happen. We have some we have some people here want to speak in this. Good evening. Name and address of the record. Giglio, Winthrop Street. Uh, thank you, Council Marks, and the rest of the council for bringing this up consistently. We really I really appreciate. It. I'm right in the middle of this project. Um, since two years ago when they had the Jersey barriers right in front of my house, I would have to do a three-point turn just to get out of my driveway. Uh, at the time, my son just got his license coming down the street. Now he, unfortunately, because he was a new driver, he hit that Jersey barriers many times. Um, now that they're gone, they took the curbing, uh, which I believe I've sent to a lot of you guys, threw it across the street, and it's just thrown there. It's not placed, it's thrown there every which way. Some go this way, some go this way. There's also a black and white cement bowl that was dug up previously, and it's just thrown there. It's been there for two years now, I, I, I want to say. Now that the plates are there, that's all we hear all night is the clink, clink, clink. 
I have a five-year-old, major sensory issues. She wakes up all night long. Unfortunately, that's what I, I sleep okay. She doesn't. And that's, you know, her bedroom's in the front. It's already painted pink. She can't switch with, her, <laughs> with, with my son. So I want to thank everyone here so much for staying on top of this. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, anyone else want to speak on this on, uh, from home? Anyone else, anyone else want to speak? Well, I don't see anyone. Uh, so, I'm sorry? I don't see anyone with their hand up. Uh, anyone want to speak at home? Um, I see someone out there. Um, iPad in the corner. Um, Mr. Clerk, if you, if you can read... Uh, that's a double say, Mr. Karan. If you can unmute him, please. iPad. This is Dennis Karan. Dennis, uh, name and address of the record, please. It's Dennis Karan, 578 Winthrop Street. Thank you. Uh, I would like also to thank Councillor Marks for bringing this to tonight's agenda uh, with such passion. It's not easy to follow someone who's so passionate, much less someone named Socrates. But you all in this uh, very serious and sober discussion tonight, expressing your concern for our situation, make me thankful to be a resident, a 40-year resident. It is a safety issue, as uh, described by Councillor Marks. We have walkers and pedestrians all day long coming and going, including uh, students, in the public schools, the uh, parochial schools, the bus stop is up the street here at the next corner for uh, youngsters. Uh, there are people with small children who walk up and down the, I can't call it a sidewalk, I call it a, uh, an asphalt path, primitive. Uh, they walk their children up and down this path. Uh, and I'm concerned because there is no curbing drivers from anywhere will pull over to the side of the road to make a phone call. Sometimes they leave their cars overnight. And uh, I can see a car coming up on the sidewalk, which is where they settle for a little while and uh, encounter one of these uh, unwitting pedestrians. People have fallen, I for one. And I was very thankful that day that the Medford police, Medford fire, ambulance, we're there in five minutes to help me up. So thank you again, all of you. I know some of you have been out here to survey the situation personally. Maybe some of you live in the neighborhood. We do need the sidewalk. We do need the curbing. Thank you and good night. Thank you, Mr. Karen. Uh, Marsha Karen, did you want to speak? Uh, Mr. Clerk, if you could uh, unmute Marsha Karen, please. Marsha, name and address of the record, please. Marsha Karen, I also live at 578 Winthrop Street. I want to thank all of you for uh, all of the things that you have listed and thank Councilor Marx for all of the homework that he, he has done uh, on this uh, construction project. It has been a great disruption to the neighborhood with the noise level. And the, one of the previous speakers also noted that all day long we hear clank, clank, clank. In some places we do not because the workers are working. So they have the orange cones. 
but as soon as they go home for the day, it starts and it ends about, it lightens up around midnight and then begins again when the traffic comes down Winthrop Street at around 4.30 in the morning. So we've spent many sleepless nights. There's large equipment parked across our driveway so that it makes it difficult for us to get in and out. The police have been extremely helpful with that uh, part of it. We've had the porta potties on our front lawn. Um, it's cracked some of my china. I think one of the neighbors also told me that it has cracked some of their glasses. There are students who walk along this so-called sidewalk. And I actually saw one waiting for the bus maybe last week or the week before. And he had his backpack all set to go until the workers arrived and he ran off in the opposite direction of Medford High School. I would guess he was probably about 14 years old. Um, we have a bus stop out in front, um, but the curbing would also allow not only the sidewalk, but the curbing would allow for illegal parkers. So we, we really urge you and encourage you to continue with this project and make it complete. The area, I want to address the area between the sidewalk and the street where the trees are planted. So that was at one time grass. It is now dirt where there have been plates placed on top of them. So the whatever grass may have been there in some areas, not in all of the areas of that portion of Winthrop Street, it's now just dirt. So um, I, think, I think it does need some attention. We've lived here for over 40 years now, and this project has gone on for a long time. So our frustration level is quite high, as you can imagine. But I wanna thank you for taking up this issue and Councilor Marx, thank you for all that additional history that you noted in the beginning. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marcia. Uh, Christina Cassano. If you can unmute Christina. Christina, so, yeah, I can hear. Thank you so much. I appreciate um, all of you um, coming tonight and hearing all of us on Winthrop Street and hearing our concerns. Can you hear me okay? Christina, can we have your name and address, please? Yes, Christina Christina Cassano, 572 Winthrop Street in Medford. And I'm here with my husband, Robert Cassano. How are you? Um, so thank you. Um, I'm born and raised in Medford on Billings Ave, and I've lived on Winthrop Street since uh, 2015. Um, have, you know, really love living here. That said, um, obviously the project has been really um, disruptive uh, to us and to everyone around us. We have a two and a half year old daughter and her bedroom is at the front of the house. And, you know, we put on three white noise machines in order to keep the noise out while she sleeps. Um, so while I appreciate that work is being done, it's been really difficult to kind of manage with the loud noise from the metal plates and just the construction trucks starting early in the morning. Um, so I really 
thank you all for for bringing this to everyone's attention and hopefully addressing it because I think the adding the sidewalks is a huge safety issue. It would be great to add for all the high school students nearby, all the little kids in the area, all the elderly who are using the sidewalks, um, the bus stop, everything. Um, and I'll let I'll pass it to my husband. Thank you again, uh, Councilor Marks, for uh, spearheading this this issue. It's uh, I've been trying for five years now. I, I've reached out to the mayor's office, engineers, and you know it's it's never a promise kept here. It's a little disappointing. Um, I I have a pretty good construction background, and um, it's it's just hard to see uh, what happens. And I agree with uh, uh, the other councilman about how things are done in Winchester and how things are done in Medford. It's you know you you literally go uh, not even a minute. And you can see the quality of work, how how uh, it's less impactful to us. Um, uh, we really like to see uh, as this project the project progresses that there is more coordination. Um, there should be a project manager or someone. If the city has to hire someone, and I heard that earlier in the call where they was promised a project manager, there should be somebody designated. Um, I've talked to Tim many times and I somewhat understand his frustration because I think he's the only person I can call, but there should be other people, uh, handling this type of project. Um, we, we have multiple projects, not just the curbing. We had the Winthrop development. I guess the, the one question I have for the council and I wish, and I hope I can get an answer would be who's in charge of enforcing this. Well, we can complain as neighbors, but we really don't have a say whether we had the Winthrop development, the curbing, the sidewalks. We really don't have a say. We're, 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 we're leading the blind with the neighbors here. Like we can, we can complain all we want, but nobody really does anything for us besides if we complain enough, we, we just got this meeting. But Something like the Winthrop development where they put in 18 houses or whatever they're doing now, we should have been the ones making the decision for our neighbors and, and our neighborhood, not a developer. And, I'm, and you know, I don't want to go off, off on a different topic, but that's what happens a lot in this on this area for us. It's one of, Mr. President, Council Scott Belly. Uh, if I could just interrupt you real quick, Mr. Sess, I think that we need to. Um, I think we've, we've asked this before, that we've called for what has worked as in-person meetings. And I asked to do this at Victory Park or in, at the high school parking lot with all the neighbors and Eversource when we, when we requested Eversource to come to this meeting. I think that, uh, that we make that initiative right now as, as an uh, as amendment to this uh, resolution that we call for an immediate um, meeting with all the, uh, the neighbors, and the um, Eversource team and the city administration. So I think the neighbors can look the people in the eye that have the answers for this. We've asked to have Eversource pay for a clerk of works. So we make sure all the project gets done. This is something this council has asked for as well. So we share your frustration. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I think we have to make that a point and, and move with that quickly. So uh, thank you, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate I appreciate that. Um, 
and, and Dennis knows as well because we're, we're neighbors. I mean, one side of the street gets gets plowed, and and we get stuck with all the snow. And it's you know it's a lot of hard work with all the snow getting pushed on. You go across, you look across the street, and you got uh, city city uh, city little trucks there plowing the sidewalk that nobody owns or the city owns. But it's just it's it's really disappointing. I've I've spoke I've spoken to mayors. I've spoken to the commissioner of DPW and promises and promises. I like to know personally. Um, doesn't have to be at this meeting, but I wish somebody could tell me who's in charge of enforcing the, the, these things because it's it's hard. It's really hard to stay at home, pick up the phone, call the mayor's office, and never get an answer. I never get the answer. I, it's not the answer I want to hear, but at least to hear somebody tell me why every source can just drop something on, on, on my doorstep and say, we're starting construction, and I have no clue about it. And I had no, I had no uh, opinion to bring to to my neighborhood. And the developer in five seconds gets a permit, throws a house down, and I'm stuck here. How did he do that? And I had no impact on my neighbors. I think that's something that that it has to happen, especially on Winthrop Street. We we are the uh, we get impacted so much from the 93 traffic on Winthrop Street. Look what when look at Winchester's doing. How many bump outs they have done uh, from from Highland to Win, uh, Winthrop Street. They have done so much to help their the sound, the noise, and the traffic. Winthrop Street, we have no ADA compliance. We don't have sidewalks. I mean, literally, we're, we're looking for a lawsuit. And you know, I wish somebody would step up. And, and, and really, you know, give some give give the neighbors, the community an answer. I called the chief of police. I said, why didn't you shut down Winthrop Street? Oh, we're not going to shut Winthrop Street down. Why? Because it would impact traffic. Well, it impacts me. Why, why do I have to be impacted that way? So it's always Winthrop Street is is, you know, look what they did on Lawrence Street. They put a they put a big uh, bump out. So it would slow traffic down. Why don't we do something on Winthrop Street, traffic control, to slow traffic down? There's a lot of things we can do, and I, I wish I could be part of that. And, and, and I, I'm never invited, or we, we, we at Winthrop Street, we don't hear about these things. We just know when a truck shows up, and we can't do anything about it. And I think you should stop, maybe, stop Eversource and their tracks and make a deal, negotiate, and then let them start work up again. Because they're going to continue just using Winthrop Street, and I'm I'm really tired of it personally. And I think I uh, thank you again, all you councilmen. I know how hard to hear uh, you know hear this because I know a lot of you live here uh, close by to me, and I really appreciate everyone's time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Cassano. Um, anyone else have any, any comments? Council Box. Just to address Mr. Cassano's uh, concerns about uh, who he can go to, as, as far as I'm concerned with the Eversource project, it should be the city engineer, right? The city engineer should be the contact person. Uh, if there is a clerk of the works, that person's name should be given out, but uh, ultimately the buck stops with the city engineer to be the communicator. Uh, additionally, Mr. President, when it comes to plowing, as Mr. Cassano mentioned, if they're plowing one way or another, it's helpful information when you get this from residents, because that's how the city should, uh, you know, when they put together their plan of attack 
when it comes time to snow plowing, how they address it. So this information that Mr. Cassano has given is important and it's vital that we have residents at the table. So he's a thousand percent correct. When we have uh, these type of projects going on, the neighborhood, the director butters should have the first say in, the, in, in what's happening. And clearly that did not happen during this project. It's after the fact that neighbors are given the leaflets and the door knockers and all that stuff, Mr. President, which is not helpful. They have to be at the table ahead of time. Uh, and maybe we can address some of the concerns. But regarding the plowing, uh, again, you probably reached out, but it would be Brian Kerens, the head of DPW, that really should be responsible for making sure that they don't plow just one side or another and that they move snow appropriately. So it really should be uh, that, Mr. President. And I would say, uh, ultimately, the buck stops with the mayor. The mayor runs the day-to-day -day operations of this city. All the department heads report directly to the mayor. So if there's a concern, the mayor should be addressing these concerns, Mr. President. And I'm hoping in, in a multi-million dollar project of this magnitude, when we're asking for some just minor mitigation, Mr. President, this is minor stuff to increase the length of sidewalks and curbing, that this would be something that the mayor meet immediately with Eversource to address. So I'm hoping as part of the motion, uh, Mr. President, uh, the clerk would also send that we're requesting the mayor meet immediately to get an answer from Eversource uh, and they can renegotiate uh, the memorandum of understanding on behalf of the residents of that area. Second. Mr. Councilor Max? Yes, Mr. President. Okay. I would second that. Seconded by Councilor Bess. I do believe Councilor Scarpelli offered an amendment as well that wasn't, they, um, yes, wasn't addressed for the on-site meeting. I'd be happy to second that. Tip, if, uh, through the chair, if I could ask you, uh, I, I, I recall when this project first started that uh, there were many people vying to be the uh, uh, the project manager representing the city. Do, do we have a project manager around this? That represent, Tim, do we have, Mr. Clark, if you can. Tim, do we have a project manager representing the city on this? So we have uh, a field engineer. So we have someone out there on the daily, on the daily uh, confirming that they are uh, working to Medford standards and, uh, you know, backfilling the trench properly, using the, the right materials, right um, methods, things like that. And we get weekly reports, um, but they're, they're based off the uh, civil work or the utility work, the infrastructure. So, so is that his only scope of responsibility is just making sure they're doing the work? In doing it correctly, yeah, and reporting back if the issues arise or if there's non issues with nonconformance, and and we you know will attack those and figure out solutions, things like that. Um, so it's not a, it's not a typical job where the city is tracking payments, for example, where we'd have a clerk of the works. So um, you know the primary function of a lot of the city representation on projects is to uh, count things and make sure that the billings are correct for the work that the contractor claims has been completed. Um, you know, payment requests and things like that. So this project is not the city's, so we're not paying for it. It's, uh, so they're operating under a couple of different jurisdictions. One of them, as Council Marks pointed out, is mine, the street opening permit jurisdiction. And then obviously the chief of police has uh, public safety jurisdiction and the DPW commissioner has um, the overall right of way jurisdiction. Uh, uh, so those are the three entities with, with jurisdiction in the right of way and would be providing enforcement if enforcement is required. Tim, um, if, if, if I can amend uh, Council Scarpelli's 
um, uh, for, for when we have the uh, an on-site meeting, if, if the project engineer uh, be uh, at that meeting also. Sure, it's a field engineer from um, AI engineers who, uh, as you recalled, you know they were in the in the competition for this particular contract. So, they, uh, yeah. So, uh, I'll recommend Council Scott Bailey's um, motion that uh, when we have this meeting, that's field, that the engine, the field engineer, uh, be required to attend this meeting also. Okay. Do we have any further discussion on this, Council Max? Mr. President, uh, if I can ask Tim, because as he mentioned. He is responsible for the street openings. Uh, Mr. Engineer, if the city is not happy with the progress, not happy with the quality of construction, not happy about what's going on in the community, what's our recourse as a community to stop this project? To, um, well, to stop the projects, the, the, I believe myself, uh, the commissioner of public works or um, the chief of police has the authority to stop the project. Uh, based off of uh, in a violation in one of those jurisdictions. So in, for me, if, if, um, if, if they were doing something that was outside of the scope of their permit, then we would issue them a violation uh, and, and have them remedy it. So that's usually the, the course we take. Um, if it's egregious or they're not responding to a warning, then, you know, not this particular project, but other projects we have shut down um, and said, you know, you can't, you can't begin work tomorrow until you know you have the, whatever the issue is resolved. Um, the, I mean, this project, I believe, um, I'm not sure if, if 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 shutting it down would be the the right move necessarily. Um, if we if we want them to be uh, complete with the work, um, but I'm not sure if that answers your question. I'm not asking that it be shut down. I'm asking to find out okay. what, what the process is if it's a cease and desist order or what the actual steps are because uh, in my opinion in dealing with utility companies on this council for the last 20 years uh, that's what they understand is when you play hardball in my yep. opinion and I, I think if the city takes uh, a laissez-faire approach to this and you know just let things proceed as usual then they're never going to take us serious so I think at some point when we raise our concerns and I'm hoping this comes from the administration about the uh, sidewalk that uh, they take us serious, Mr. President. They're not going to want to come back to the table and renegotiate an MOU. But guess what? If we uh, hold their feet to the fire right now, I think we'll have that leverage to do so. And we, we experienced the same thing on Riverside Ave. Another utility digging up. We were talking about having sidewalks that were level with the street. So even though there was curbing, the street was down over so many times that it was as high as the curb to the sidewalk, therefore uh, creating an insecure pedestrian pathway. And we got the same feedback from the MWRA and National Grid. Oh, it's not part of the scope of the project. Oh, we can't afford it. We can't do this. We can't do that, Mr. President. We have to hold their feet to the fire. And if it's a cease and desist order and having them stop, it's going to hit them in the pocket. That's what they understand. And maybe that's what we need to do. That doesn't worry me about a potential lawsuit or whatever else it might be. The residents come first. And I think we're at a point with this project that we need to reshape uh, the work in this project and make sure we're leading and not following behind this. So I appreciate Council Scott Belly bringing that up. I hope the mayor's on the phone tomorrow morning 
We've seen a lot of press releases, but I hope we get a press release that matters, a press release that comes out and says we're doing something positive that impacts residents, Mr. President. I hope we see something positive. Thank you. Thank you, Council Marks. Um, Justice, you have your hand up, Mr. Clerk, and you will present. Good evening, sir. Name and address on the record, please. Joanna Quinteri, me here, 35 Early Ave. And actually, um, Council Marks just said everything I was going to say to the residents, especially. They do have recourse. They can play hardball, get themselves a lawyer. They have a right to live peacefully. And there should be an, a projected end date on the project. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Uh, any further questions? Mr. President. Good evening. Name and address of the record, please. Orlando, 13 Winford Way. I didn't come down here to speak about this, but as I listen, I appreciate everything that's being said. We know the safety issues, the quality of life issues, and so on. But we're really now, we're, we're in behind the curve. At the beginning, the horse is out of the barn. Were there any performance metrics put on with this contract before it started? Was in terms of completion dates, uh, lack of completion dates, fines on a weekly basis? The quality of life issue beyond the repaving of the streets. That should be a given. But why isn't the city imposing on such contractors? You are affecting the quality of life in our city for three, four, five years, and in some cases, 10, I'm hearing. Why, aren't, why isn't a condition placed that you, that contractor, that developer, that utility, will pay the city X amount of dollars in addition to the road corrections, $2 million to deal with the lack of uh, performance, to deal with the loss of quality of life. Those things should be negotiated on any contract. I've been involved with programs, both private and public, and dealing with what we're dealing with now after the fact, you have little to no leverage. What I just heard the council Mark say, what can we do? Cease and desist. It, these are difficult things to do after the fact. Why? I guess the lesson is learn from this. The next big contract that comes in the city, sit down and play hardball before the first shovel goes in the ground. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, anyone else? Okay. So on the motion by Councilor Box, as amended by Council Marx twice, as amended by Councilor Scarpelli, uh, as amended by Councilor Caraviello. Uh, I'd like to offer an amendment as well. Um, and as, I, as, it, as amended by Councilor Knight. As I go through my paperwork here, Mr. President, you know, I have uh, documented April 30th, 2015, the Mystic to Wuben transmission project. I have a document here, the Mystic to Wuben 115 kilovolt line project, Medford City Council presentation dated May 19, 2015. I have the same document dated October 20, 2015. Another presentation, November 14, 2017. And another presentation, Mr. President, February 4, 2020. I think it's time we bring them back for another presentation as to what's going on. Let's get everybody in the same room here as well as on site. So that everybody that has something to say can participate and can express their concerns, Mr. President. So I'd like to offer that in the form of a motion um, that just as they have previously, ever source appeared before the council. Last time they were here was February 4th, 2020. So 
Council on Aids in the form of motion, Mr. Clinton, to get Council on Aids. We have a second on Council on Aids motion. Uh, second by Council Falcon Cuts out. Okay, so uh, on the main paper, offered by Council Marks as amended. Yeah. Uh, uh, offered by Council Marks, second and by. Second. second. Mr. President. Council Marks. Just if we could, I, I just want to follow up. Uh, Rick Orlando hit the nail on the head because he's absolutely right. After the fact, it's increasingly difficult to try to get any type of mitigation or any uh, agreements. And uh, we should have some form of metrics. He's a thousand percent right. And uh, he was part of the building of the new schools. And uh, I know that's where a lot of the metrics came from. And, you know, Mr. President, when you sit down and negotiate and you're looking at a project of this magnitude and the impact of the community and look at a few items of sidewalks and uh, a winter circle being done over and the mitigation was next to nothing on this project. And he's absolutely right. You should have a contingency and say, we're gonna put $2 million in a fund that uh, if we're not happy with the outcome of this project, we can take money to do additional sidewalk signage, marking streets, whatever it might be. We don't even know what damage is being caused to personal property, uh, a neighbor's wall or the cracks in their ceilings and so forth. And, and I know there's other insurance binders for that, but he's a thousand percent right. I hope moving forward, Mr. President, the city engineers on the call that we do have some type of listing when it comes to metrics and a checkoff. We don't have to recreate the wheel, a checkoff. Do we do this? Do we do that? Do we do this? And, and that way, at least we know when we're working through a project that we did our homework. Because right now, when I look at the memorandum of understanding, it says nothing. It's two paragraphs. It really says nothing. I mean, whoever negotiated that, don't ever have them negotiate on my behalf because the city got nothing, Mr. President, on this project. And the residents, which comprise of this community, got nothing in return. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Mr. Good President. Evening, Mr. President. Council I just had a quick question. Councilor Marks, what's the date on that MOU? Give me one second. Thank you. 14, 15. So the date I have for this, uh, this was a response back. This date is March 9, 2017. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. President, I'm Bob Penta, Zero Summit Road, Medford, Mass. Rick just jogged my mind. The city has in its Department of Public Works, anytime a street is opened by a public utility, there is a bond that they have to place. I believe it's gone from five to $10,000. I think what really needs to be checked, if you wanna get into this review as Rick suggested, and he's absolutely right, have those bonds been taken out? Is the city sitting on any kind of money in its legal department or the Department of Public Works? Because one of the big complaints before when the streets were being dug up by utilities, they weren't being put back in the way they were or made better than what they were. And many streets are like that in the city. National Grid's coming in, they've done that on numerous occasions. So as a result of that, I think it's something that you probably should look into. Have they filed anything by way of a bond with the city as it relates to this? And more importantly, when you talk about the residents not getting their fair share out of this whole thing, Council Marx is right. Because if, if in that agreement, and that purchase and uh, whatever you want to call it, that agreement between the city and Eversource, it keeps going on. And as we know, and I'll ask Council uh, Knight, Vice President Knight, if you look 
at all those uh, additions that they've had since 2015, I guarantee you that the personnel that started this aren't the same personnel that's there right now. And if that's the case, that's where the city is losing out. So that's why you need it hard and fast right up front when the contract is signed. Once again, what are they putting up? Are they putting up a million or two million? Whatever the contingency might be, but you have it right now. You have it already built into the Department of Public Works. When a public utility comes into the city, they have to place a bond. And if they don't place the bond, they don't get their money back as it relates to the work that they've done. And there has to be what they call a performance bond. And that's the term, a performance bond. And if that's not in the contract, and they are digging up the street, and Eversource is in fact the utility, then shame on the city. But if you do have it, then maybe that $10,000 ought to be increased to a million or two because of the magnitude and the scope of the project. So thank you, Rick Orlando. You're talking my memory. On that point, thank Mr. You. President? I also think it's important, I also think it's important to to take a look and see if we're contributing um, the decisions of the administration are contributing to delays by not allowing more crews out on the roadways and not um, taking some steps to address it dynamically. I mean, obviously, we know that this project's been a disaster. It's been going on for the better part of five years. So, you know, the MOU says what it says, but it might be time to go back to the table and really look at what's going on and, and try to figure out if this traffic management plan is the best and what we can do to get additional crews out there. I always find it interesting when a resolution makes its way into the agenda and then someone from the administration comes and says, actually, on Monday, we have three crews out there working now. And that's going to be the first day it happens. It seems kind of reactionary. Um, you know, and I don't blame the city engineer for this. I know that there's a lot going on um, and that he only has limited control over um, certain aspects of this project. Um, but with that being said, Mr. President, you know, is city decision making contributing? A lack of city decision making contributing to the ongoing delays as well. And I think that's important to consider. Thank you, Mr. President. Mike. So, on the original motion offered by Council Marks, I think uh, who seconded? I missed the second. I think Council Scott Pelley seconded. Um, as amended, Mr. Cook, please call the roll. Council Bears, yes. Council Falco, yes. Vice President Knight, yes. Council Marks, yes. Council Morrell, yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Carabiello. Yes, seven motion passes. On uh, the motion by Vice President Knight, seconded by Councilor Bears. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll now. Which one? Uh, on Councilor Knight's, uh, Vice President Knight's made a motion. I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was an amendment. Okay. I know you said it, I think, I thought you wanted to be a motion. All right. All right, so we'll, we'll keep it. All right, thank you, everybody. All right. 2 1, the 3 8 4, offered by Vice President Knight. Whereas, pursuant to Governor, Baker, Governor Baker's lifting of the COVID-19 restrictions. Uh, before you go through this, I will be withdrawing this paper this evening. Uh, the governor has extended the special pocket outdoor dining regulations. Um, Massachusetts Restaurant Association uh, had worked with the governor's office to uh, extend certain provisions of the emergency order that were lifted. This is one of them. Uh, so with that being said, um, the purpose and intent of this resolution has been addressed, and uh, there's no need for further discussion. So... Um, uh, on um, withdrawn. Councilor Knight has withdrawn his motion. Two one three eight five offered by Council Marks. Whereas in response to a recent resolution regarding request by this council that the administration ask waste management to clean residents' barrels, the administration answered that waste management is unable to provide this service to residents. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the administration identify and procure a vendor to provide the service on the resident's behalf. Councilor Marks. 
Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I offered this resolution uh, several weeks back on behalf of uh, the residents of this community that would like to see their recycle and their trash barrel power wash, Mr. President. Uh, we then asked um, waste management if they provide the service. The city came back last week and stated they do not provide, waste, uh, waste management does not provide that type of service. So last week I was unable because it wasn't on the agenda to ask that the city administration uh, hire a, a private contractor to come in during a trash pickup and alert residents that barrels will be washed right after their trash is picked up, Mr. President, power washed in the interest of public safety, uh, in the interest of rodent concerns, Mr. President, when you have lingering food and other smells coming from a barrel. And uh, I would ask that the city administration immediately uh, hire a private contractor to provide that service on behalf of the residents of this community. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Uh, on the motion by Councilor Marks, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Pierce. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Vice President Knight. I'm thinking, Mr. President. Um, yes. <laughs> Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morrell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Carville. Yes, seven in the frame of the motion passed. Uh, offered by Councilor Bears and Councilor Morrell be resolved that Member City Council that the, that the city administration address the issue of senior center parking as part of any implementation of parking policy and enforcement changes. Councilor Bears. Thank you, Mr. President. I think as everyone behind this rail and across the city knows, uh, the senior center has very limited parking uh, immediately adjacent to it. And uh, prior to the implementation of Park Medford, uh, seniors would use the city parking lot across the street um, without incident whether they're going to on a trip or leaving their car there or going just to the senior center to, to do the activities and, and spend time at the senior center. Um, once Park Medford came in, uh, that lot became restricted. A kiosk went in. Uh, initially, there were no additional parking spots for the senior center at all. I believe the mitigation that was made uh, was that there are certain, uh, I think, 20 or so permits that the senior center has that allows seniors to park in that lot for about three hours. Um, but that hasn't been enough, quite frankly, for the senior center. Uh, if residents are going on a day trip, you know, eight, 10 hours, um, you know, the three hour limit there is, is, is insufficient. Uh, they've tried to find some other alternatives, uh, but people are constantly worried that they'll be ticketed or towed. Um, and one of the things that uh, was, did not make it into the uh, enforcement report as far as I could tell was what would happen with senior center parking uh, as these uh, policies and enfor enforcement and, and uh, policies are changed. Um, so the request here uh, is that the administration, as it implements any parking changes, make sure that the senior center has sufficient parking for a sufficient amount of time uh, for seniors to adequately use the center uh, for all of the various activities that they use. Um, there are several suggestions that could work. One of them, I believe I've heard many of my fellow counselors mentioned before, is that there should be a senior parking permit citywide, that seniors should be uh, exempt or have a special permit uh, that exempts them from uh, the kiosks and, and those various charges. Another option would be to change the rules specifically on that lot to expand the amount of time that seniors can park there. Um, I think there's a lot of ways that this could be addressed, but it's a serious issue 
um, for seniors, for the staff at the senior center, and for, for folks who use that space. And uh, I just hope, um, and that's why I filed this along with Councillor Morell, uh, that the city administration will make sure that this is finally worked out uh, so all of our residents can access the senior center, uh, park there, and uh, do the various activities and services that they use the senior center for. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Bays. And uh, the record, uh, President Caraviello has a senior citizen parking pass uh, that, may, that I know many, many senior citizens in the community have. Uh, so that allows them to park there. Um, I got tired of paying the $25 tickets and 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 say as soon as I turn 65, I got my pass right away. Council Morrell. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank uh, Councilor Bears for uh, introducing this with me. You hit on really all the key points, but I want to add that the timing of this is, you know, in addition to being um, time for, you know, the hopeful implementation or um, looking at parking policy and enforcement changes from the report is just um, the anticipation of pandemic restrictions ending. And this is a cohort of residents that have, um, you know, really been harmed by the inability to kind of gather and have that community that the senior center provides. So it would just be, um, you know, it's really needed timing to have this uh, hammered out and, and figured out by the time our, our seniors are returning and able to uh, meet in person once more. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Morrell. Mr. President, if I may, is there a time limit on your permit? Like you can only- One year. Uh, just in terms of how long you can stay in a specific spot? Um, it's whatever, I, I don't know, I've never, I haven't gotten a ticket since I've got since I've gotten <laughs> All right, thank you. Uh, Vice President Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. I'd answer the council's question. Um, for all two-hour parking spots, you're allowed three hours. So you get an extra hour at every, um, at whatever the spot says, um, in terms of if it's a one-hour spot, you get two hours. If it's a two-hour, you get three hours, according to uh, the police department website. Um, but I wonder, Mr. President, if there's a way that we could implement a mechanism um, where an individual, if they get a parking, if they get a ticket, um, there's an automatic mechanism. If it's someone that's over the age of 65, upon payment of the ticket, they're also given an application to apply for the senior citizen parking pass. Um, so say an individual that's over the age of 65, like yourself, got a parking ticket, oh, say down out in front of a place, maybe, I don't know if you've been there, Magnificent Muffins, um, you know, and you got a ticket out in front of Magnificent Muffin, um, when you paid the ticket, then they'd have an automatic mechanism to say, Richard Caviello paid this ticket, he's a Metro resident, we know what his registration says, can we send him an application in the mail that says you're eligible for the 65 plus parking program is the application. Um, they have no problem sending out late notices when people don't pay, Mr. President. I think that, you know, in an effort to um, address some of the issues like Councilor Scott Pelley brought up with the amnesty day and stuff like that, this might be a way for us to get in, in front of some of these issues that are arising um, with Park Medford, number one. Number two, um, it seems to me like Park Medford's out the door. Um, we did get a correspondence from the administration uh, relatively recently uh, indicating that their contract was up uh, relatively soon and that the administration is having um, meetings of some sort. Um, to discuss the future of parking in the city. Um, I understand that um, we did have a, a committee put together to do some examination. Um, I felt the presentation was a little bit focused more so on the Green Line extension sites and a little bit less on citywide efforts and endeavors. Um, but with that being said, Mr. President, um, I certainly think that an automatic mechanism that notifies seniors that they're available and uh, that they're eligible for this type of service, uh, this type of amenity that the city can provide um, would be very helpful to the residents in the community. So I'd like to offer that in the form of a motion um, as to whether or not Park Metro can determine um, if there is a way that they can offer, uh, applica extend applications to residents in the community that are 65 years or over, uh, older um, when they pay a ticket that they receive. Mr. President. Thank you. I, I know the senior center does have um, passes that they, they do give out to uh, 
because we do have a lot of residents, a lot of people that go there that don't live in Medford, and they do give them passes to put on their car. They bring them back. So I, I don't know how many they have, but I know that is a service officer, Officer Bess. Yeah, and, and along those lines, um, I appreciate the additional information. I think the issue is it's a two-hour spot, so you can stay for three hours. There's only, I think, 20, I believe 22 is the number. I might be wrong, but there's more passes out than there are spots. So it's, it's, it's kind of one of those situations where if additional spots could be signed for this and if they could be signed to be, you know, you can park there all day, um, that would address a lot of the issues that I've been hearing. So that's, that's the intent here. Thank Mr. You. President. Council Max. Thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank my colleagues for putting this on. And uh, let, let me tell you, over the years, uh, the seniors have received a lot of lip service. Uh, just recently, Mr. President, in the last mayoral debate in this community, it was stated by one of the candidates that seniors would get free parking. Free parking, Mr. President. And that could be accomplished very simple. Anyone that has a car registered that's of senior age, Mr. President, would get a senior sticker. Right now you have to pay $25 for the sticker. That doesn't sound free to me, Mr. President. So there's been a lot of promises made. And you know, when the time comes, a lot of you know, uh, you know, things promised, but then never followed through. I would ask, Mr. President, where is the senior free parking? What happened to the senior free parking program? I think that's a valid question to ask, Mr. President. Thank you. Is you is that a form of amendment? Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, so as amended by Councilor Marks. Any further discussion? So on the motion by Councilor Bears, seconded by Councilor Morell, as amended by Councilor Marx. And Councilor Knight. And by Vice President Knight. And Mr. President. Yes. Uh, secondly, uh, the Board of Health Director we haven't seen in two weeks. Uh, she she did notify me that she would not be able to, she had a prior commitment. And that, that's great, but we haven't seen her in two weeks. We have a big announcement from uh, the mayor coming out in a week or so regarding the opening up of the city. We have the governor coming out with his opening, and we haven't seen the Board of Health to give us all, uh, including the community, an update, Mr. President. So I would ask that uh, we receive an update. I would also ask that we receive an update when the senior center is going to open. As you heard from my colleagues, the seniors rely on talking to other seniors, getting their information, uh, socializing, Mr. President. And there have been 14, 15 months without being able to socialize. And it's about time we get our seniors back in the senior center. And for those seniors that can't get out there, that's offer them the service that's provided by uh, Mystic Elders uh, Service to allow the seniors that aren't mobile to get them there as well, Mr. President. Thank you. Yes, Mr. President, on Councilor Marks's point, I think it's also important to point out that the administration uh, had recently asked the council to uh, fund a position called the COVID-19 Communication Specialist. Um, so I don't see any reason why if Ms. O'Connor is not available that this other city employee that works in the press office um, can't appear before the council and uh, provide us with the update. Thank you, Councilor Marks, for bringing it up. Thank you. So, so Mr. President, just to follow up, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you hear all the different dates. May 29th, you can take your mask off. June 15th is the date that the governor said that you can start meeting without having a mask on. 
Then uh, are you allowed to go in stores or are individual private owners of stores allowed to keep you out if you don't have your mask? There's a lot of questions, Mr. President, that this is the time we should be hearing from the city and they're nowhere to be found. I would, I would think that would be the job of, of the new, uh, new hire. I, I don't know whose job it is, Mr. President, but, you know, someone has to do it. Councilman uh, Falcon. And, and, you know, Councilman Marks actually struck upon an important point. If, if she's not going to be here to give us an update and no one's going to be sent from the, the department to give us an update, we should get some sort of a written update as to what's going on, if there are any changes that are happening, what are the vital metrics that, um, that, you know, that we should know, because we're being asked all the time. And we should be informed by the administration if uh, Marianne can't come to a meeting. So if you could please communicate that to her in her department, that if they can't send someone, at least send us some sort of a written update. Mr. Clark, can you put that into the record? On, on that point, Mr. President, because I do believe this council voted and we said, you know, we'd appreciate you coming and give us an update, but we also want it in writing. And the reason we want it in writing is so we can keep a record of what's going on so we can have a snapshot in time. So we don't have to go back and watch a meeting from two years ago about the other source construction pipeline, per se, when we have paperwork that they gave us on it. Um, so I concur with Councilor Falco 100%. Um, you know, we have uh, a very well funded communications office and we should be getting communications. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. If um if you if you read uh if you got this put on our desk tonight, it says programs will start in June. We are not physically open to the public yet, but but we are beginning some activities by appointment only. So again, I I I think I asked for a, a plan uh, three weeks ago uh, on opening the senior center up, and I never received a, a response on that. So again, uh, this is the lifeline uh, of, of the seniors in this community. And uh, I tell you, I, I, I don't want to, anytime I'm out shopping or anywhere, first question I see a senior is, when is the senior center going to open? When are, when are we getting back? And like Council Marks said, we're hearing, the, we're hearing rules from everybody, and we, we don't know whose rule is what anymore. Council Marks. We have the Memorial Day uh, ceremony that's going to take place at the Oak Grove Cemetery. Yes. That's been a tradition for 100 years in this community. Yes. And we're going to actually, last year we were unable to meet due to COVID. We just got a response that we're going to have an in-person. Yes. And as part of the letter it stated, this is going to be on May 31st, correct? Correct. As part of the letter it stated that you have to wear a mask. These are the, these are the inconsistencies. Um, I thought I heard that because it was outside, masks weren't going to be required. The letter I read said you have to wear a mask at this event mm -hmm. from the city administration. That's what I read in the letter. And that's fine if that's what they want to do. But these are the inconsistencies that I think we need some type of direction on, Mr. President, not just for our benefit, for the residents of this community. Yep. No, I agree. Mr. President. Council Bass. And I just want to add, I definitely agree with my colleagues that we should be getting the weekly written updates that we requested, especially if uh, Board of Health staff can't uh, be in attendance at the meeting. Um, I would just add that the, the order that's being released on March on May 29th. It says if you are fully vaccinated, there are situations where you no longer have to wear a mask. There are other situations where it's still recommended. And I also believe that the city health department and board of health can, you know, still implement other regulations. So I completely agree with all my colleagues that we need that information because right now we don't have it. And we're saying, what, what is the rule here in Medford? Um, but I just wanted to put that out there. And there is information on the mass.gov website around the governor's order uh, if folks who are watching um, 
want to learn more. Thank you. Thank you. So, so Mr. President, if I could, okay. all along in this community, we've been following the governor's order and we've been following the CDC, right? And we've been heard that our Board of Health is bound by the governor's order and the CDC. Now the governor is saying that you can go outside without a, without a mask. The CDC is saying the same thing. But the city has yet to come out and say why we have to wear a mask or why we don't have to wear a mask. Are they no longer falling? Now they're coming up with their own rules and regulations. These are the questions that we need answered, Mr. President. The school committee is coming back uh, June 7th. I, I heard last night they're meeting. They're going to come back in person on June 7th. And, you know, there was one particular member of the school committee that spent more time figuring out how you're going to throw residents out of the meeting that aren't wearing a mask than deciding what the rules and regulations are and social distancing and so forth. But they're more concerned about throwing people out of meetings, Mr. President. So, uh, you know, I don't know what direction we're going in, but we need direction from this city administration. Thank you, Councilman. Mr. President, President I think it's also very important when we look at, you know, not only the seniors in our community, not only the administration of government, but, you know, what families rely on in the summertime. Um, you know, the recreation department, participation limits surrounding summer fun camp, Wright's Pond, Tufts Pool, um, the recreational programs that are offered through the rec department. They're all right now limited because of the participation limits, Mr. President. So if you wanted to sign your kid up for the Saturday morning basketball league, it's $145 for five weeks. You get 45 minutes a, a week, and uh, it's limited to six kids. We have a community of 60,000 people. If you wanted to have your kid play in the recreation department's basketball program, it's limited to six kids. It's less than 1% of the population. Point of information. Point of information comes to Maybe uh, to, to enlighten you, the uh, recreation has now lifted all of the limitations. Um, any participants outdoors for recreation programming, uh, the instructors and the kids do not need to wear a mask. If they're indoor recreational activities, they still have to wear a mask with, and still keep the uh, social distancing. Um, but it's, uh, they've lifted almost everything dealing with recreation. So I hope, uh, and Mr. Bailey is usually on this, so hopefully you can start increasing those uh, council vice president. So, so when you say there is important, when you say there, councilor, you're, you're referring to the governor, the governor, not correct. the city administration. Correct, right? Because the when I recently checked the right. recreation website, the participation limits were still at six six people per yes, event. Um, that's why we need these. Right. these we, need, we need some clarification right. to help our, our department heads as well. So thank you for that. Sorry, Councilor Pelton. I think that uh, the main point is clarification because it seems like there are definitely some inconsistencies from what we're hearing here. So if we could please um, actually form, I guess, a, a motion or amendment that um, we have Marianne specifically state to us in writing, if there are any inconsistencies that the city is, um, if the city has different rules than what are being uh, implied by the state. Did you get that? No, I did not. Councilor Falcon, can you repeat that for the clerk, please? I would like to know what I'd like to know if the city is if the city's rules regarding COVID are different from what the state guidelines are. So if, are the city's guidelines different from the state's guidelines with regard to COVID? Thank you. So on the motion. By Councilor Bears, 
Council Morrell, as amended by Council Mox, and amended by uh, Council Falco. Did I miss, did I miss any amendment? Council Knight. And Council Knight. Uh, seconded by Council Morrell. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Carviello. Yes, I'm going to pray a motion passes. Reports of committees. 21372, May 18, 2021. Me the whole report. This committee on the uh, of the, the whole was held to discuss an open uh, meeting law uh, violation. Uh, the uh, city solicitor has drafted a response and returned it to the attorney general's office for uh, further action. So on the motion by move approval. On the motion by Councilor Bear, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Carviello. Yes, seven affirmative motion passes. Two zero three four three five five, May 19, 2021. Committee of the whole was held uh, to discuss uh, budget actions that are allowed uh, by the council uh, as uh, uh, as as with the guidance from the Department of Local Services. Move approval. Uh, motion by Vice President Knight, seconded by Council Box. Mr. President, I, I, I'm, un, I'm aware that you met recently with the city administration. Can I you did. just give us an update on where we stand with the budget? Yes. Um, we're hoping to get the budget on our packet on May uh, 4th. June, um, June. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, June 4th. Um, and the mayor will come to the meeting on uh, June 8th to make, a, to make a formal presentation. And hopefully we'll have a, we'll start meeting uh, the following day on a Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday to get the, get the, get the process started. Uh, provided, provided we get the budget uh, on May 4th. I mean, June 4th. Thank you for your leadership, Mr. President. Okay. Uh, on the motion. Uh, do we already vote that? We didn't vote on that. Vice President Knight, second and by. Second. Council Scott by Mr. Clark, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. President Carviello. Yes, seven to the motion passes. Public participation. Would anyone like to speak in public participation? Hey. Good evening. Name and address of the record, please. Rosalie DeLucci at 30 Walcott Street. <laughs> I almost left, but I came because after watching last week's meeting, I am totally overwhelmed as to what is happening with this city. Why in heaven's name are we exhausting our money and time on changing the name of the Columbus School? It makes no sense. And as Rick Orlando says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why are we going to put our money into this when we should be putting it into the education of our children? I mean, changing the name to me is like you're trying to change history. And I have spoken to many of my neighbors in the community, inside and out. My daughter went to the Columbus School. There's nothing wrong. Put the money into educating the children. Forget changing the name. It makes no sense. You're causing a war in the city. It's, uh, it's awful. It's awful. 
I don't know who started this or for what purpose. I know when I went to school, there was nothing wrong with Christopher Columbus. He discovered America. He was a good man. He's a hero. We celebrate Columbus Day. Now, all of a sudden, he's a bad man. Listen, that was back in the 1400s. We're, we're in the year 2023. Enough is enough. And we really need to move on from this topic. Leave the name alone. So I don't know if that's the school committee or. That, that is a school committee issue. Well, I'm here because of what because happened but this last is the, week. This is, the, this is the forum where you're able to uh, express your opinion. Well, my opinion is it really needs to stop because it's just causing a war in the city. We've got a divided city right now. We've never had that. And I really don't think that's what we want. So, thank you. Mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, anything else today? Any, any other public participation? Okay. Uh, records. Records of May 18, 2021. Passed the Council of Scarpelli. Council of Scarpelli, how did you find those records? Second. On uh, the motion by Council of Scarpelli. Second by Councilor Bears, Mr. Quick. Please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Carabiello. Yes. Motion passes. Uh, before we adjourn, uh, I did issue a summer schedule uh, going forward. And uh, summer meeting, <laughs> summer meeting <laughs> schedule will be uh, July 13th, August 17th. In September 14th. Um, September 14th uh, may have to be rescheduled in the event there, there is a, because that is an that is election day, in the event that there is a, a primary, a primary uh, that day will be rescheduled to the 21st. So at the moment, we'll keep it that way. Uh, and let's go to change. So, uh, motion to adjourn. Uh, the motion by Vice President Knight, second of tie. Thank you, my Council Scott Pelley. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scott Pelley. Yes. President Carabiello. Yes. That means affirmative motion passes.